Hi there, I'm Liam Garrity, and welcome to Inside Intercom. On this week's show, we're joined by Dialpad's Chief Revenue Officer and Chief Strategy Officer, Dan O'Connell. Dialpad provides a unified communications platform that connects your teams through voice, video, messages, and online meetings. It also boasts a powerful integration with Intercom's platform to enable seamless switching between voice and messaging during customer conversations. Previously, Dan was the CEO of Talk IQ, a real-time speech recognition and natural language processing startup that Dialpad acquired in May 2018. He's also held various sales leadership positions at AdRoll and Google during his career. Our head of global customer support, Bobby Stapleton, sat down to chat to Dan about customers needing flexibility when they interact with you, whether that's through video, audio, or messaging. Dan also explains why he believes that supporting customers is equal parts science and art, not to mention a discussion on the biggest customer support trends that surfaced throughout the pandemic and which of them will stick around into the future. It's a really interesting conversation. As Dan says, don't come on a podcast without opinions. So let's head over to the studio and hear from Bobby and Dan. Dan, we are delighted to welcome you to the show today. And to kick things off, would you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, so thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. So today, I'm our Chief Revenue Officer and then Chief Strategy Officer uh, here at Dialpad. Dialpad is a cloud communication and collaboration platform. We power voice, video, messaging, contact center, and the cloud for across any device anywhere in the world. Uh, and then prior to joining Dialpad, I was the CEO of a speech analytics startup called TalkIQ. We'd raised about $22 million in funding backed by uh, Salesforce Ventures. And prior to running that business and building that startup, I was at Google for about a decade, helped building out their inside sales organization for AdWords, left after, as I said, nine and a half years and helped scale another ad tech business. Uh, so well-versed in like, go-to-market motions, customer support, customer success, sales. And I think I've probably had every role under the sun uh, along, the, along the way so far. Yeah, uh, well, that, that's great. You know, that's exactly, you know, the focus of our series is, is that growth and scale? So your journey fits right in. And I would love to hear, like, tell us a bit about, you know, you mentioned previously being running Talk IQ. Like, how does that now shape your work at Dialpad? Like, you know, tell us a bit about that, what you're working on, and kind of what you're most excited about. Yeah. So what was interesting was, you know, I spent about 14 years managing uh, sales and support organizations. Uh, and it became like very evident, uh, you know, anytime you're trying to scale those businesses, you're trying to figure out how to ramp people, you're trying to figure out how to reduce churn or drive revenue. And it always comes back to, hey, all of these conversations happen every day. And if we could only just understand them or coach people through them. So I was fortunate to meet two technical founders that had started on the idea for Talk IQ. I fell in love with the idea because it was really about, hey, let's go and use speech recognition and NLP. And NLP is just natural language processing, which is once you have something in a text format, how do you start to identify things that are happening within it? And it became very evident that they were building this, basically this real-time tape recorder. Uh, and it became very evident to say, oh, wow, we can suddenly actually understand these conversations. And really start to understand voice as a data set. And so as we were building that product at Talk IQ, we had a partnership with Dialpad. And what's funny is one of the founders here at Dialpad was the first engineer that I sat next to some 17 years ago at Google. 
And so I called up Brian Peterson and I was like, hey, we've got this, this amazing technology uh, that can help us understand conversations in real time. Uh, and we were trying to figure out distribution. And so that partnership ultimately turned into an acquisition. I made a lot of sense economically. It made a lot of sense in terms of kind of the vision and strategy of how the UCAS and CCAS markets are kind of playing out today. And so now here at Dialpad, we're three years into that journey and we're the only provider and platform that's out there that's got native speech recognition NLP baked into the platform, which is kind of a fancy way of saying we can understand and augment these conversations as they're happening. And I think there's just immense opportunities to go and leverage those technologies to go and solve just real problems for businesses, both on the service side and then also on the revenue side. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned conversations at Intercom. We use the term conversation to describe our like messaging tickets. Right. But, uh, you know, y'all are kind of in this business of phones. And as a millennial, like are millennials like done with phone calls, like or should we not be so quick to kind of undermine the power of a good call? You know, we we see on our side that they're despite folks saying they love chat, you know, more than 50% of customers across all age groups still really want to be able to reach out to a customer support team over the phone. So yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, it's funny. Anytime, anytime I hear these trends and see them, it's always interesting. Like everything always seems to turn on a dime. And I think what's evident is people are obviously leveraging messaging more than they ever have, right? I think people really look for, you know, messaging has become just a really quick, easy way to engage with brands. Um, so I think what you guys are building is phenomenal. We, we use it. We love it. But more importantly, I also think the pandemic has shown that while video has been great, I also get really burned out on video calls. And I actually look forward to kind of sometimes I look forward to the meeting that is just the audio call and the, and the voice call. So as much as sometimes there's this hoopla around it's like, hey, is the, is, is the phone call dead? Uh, if anything, I actually think there's this resurgence of it. Uh, and I think at the end of the day, you know, there's all these different mediums or different ways that you can leverage it to, to interact with people or brands, right? Whether it's messaging, whether it's on video and whether it's on just voice. And I think what becomes intrinsically important in the future is actually having that flexibility and finding platforms and features that work in the way that you want. Meaning, you know, you may start with a message and, and, and interacting with a brand, right, on their website or a messaging platform or through Intercom, right? And then at some point, you may want to actually escalate that call. And you may want to escalate that call into a video call. And then you want to be able to actually port it over to an audio call because you suddenly have to leave your house. And so I think what becomes intrinsically important is like none of these things ever, ever kind of die or fade or go away. They all have very unique utility. And I think what becomes intrinsically important is actually um, finding platforms that natively kind of integrate and provide that power of flexibility for people. But I will say, you know, uh, not to knock on the millennials, I'm on the, I'm still on the, I think I'm right on the cusp of getting to claim my millennialship. But I will say, like, you know, I think it's evident that people prefer to be text message and help on video these days. But again, I think there are immense opportunities on voice, and we'll see this resurgence. That is so smart, and I think such an insight for for our industry. And you know, if I'm hearing you, there really is this power to this all in one platform and way to be able to flex and meets your customers' needs dynamically, depending on whatever medium is is the right fit. That's actually yeah. something we're, you know, talking about at Intercom is, you know, we love on our support team leaning heavily into messaging, but it's like, what is the right time to jump on a phone call? And it, it can be easy to conflate that with like calling 1-800 Intercom. And it's like, no, it's not. It really is just this organic yeah. extension and of what starts as a chat. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think if you had asked me, you know, as I said, kind of 15 months ago, uh, whether I ever would have expected kind of video to show up in contact center or call centers. I think like today you can now expect, like it's almost odd when you show up and do a video meeting and, and video is turned off for people. So I think these are kind of like all very interesting trends. If I, the flexibility is really important. People want to be able to communicate with their customers or engage with the brand in all of these different ways and, and having that power of flexibility and kind of to, to up-level a conversation, as I said, to, to video or move it across devices and start it on messaging, whatever it might be, becomes very important. And the importance of a tech stack that uh, I love that phrase you use of, you know, it's like there's rich data in these like voice and video mediums capturing that to be able to build off you know, that customer story, yeah. customer context. For the yeah, and you, you so. guys probably see it like that. You know, you asked me, and I, I don't think I answered kind of like what, what gets me excited. You know, we talk about, I, I use like voices, this last offline data set is like the, the term I kind of try to coin any, anytime I can. But it really, it really is unique. You know, we have these conversations and, and people take bad notes and we're imperfect in, in the information that we kind of push to a CRM or we put into a ticketing platform. But then you get into like, there's all these other other periphery opportunities to, to use NLP, uh, whether that's around, right, your me- messaging uh, that's happening, right, uh, on a website, mm-hmm. chats, SMS. And so all of those actually are other kind of periphery massive opportunities to actually understand the voice of the customer. And I think, you know, you guys are obviously focused on it. I think there's just immense opportunities to go and solve that for businesses as well. And then how do you actually tie it together to give somebody kind of a, a holistic view of the customer? But also even more importantly is how do you give the agent kind of a, a holistic view of all of those engagement and what's been happening and, and the sentiment and how somebody feels about something? That is a perfect segue actually into my, into my <laughs> next set of questions you know, around that idea of a holistic view you know, for, for customer support. Like, uh, I, we've all heard the phrase like there's an app for that. And I think of our own app store, there's so many different cool ways people can like, you know, customize their workspace, but we'd love to hear your thoughts. Like, is there a thing as like too many apps or, you know, in Dialpad, I, you know, read that on LinkedIn, like you like to refer to Dialpad as like this Pangea of communication, this like one app that can do so many things. So yeah. What's your take on that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, one of the trends that we have seen, at least around communication and collaboration, right, has been this approach of, hey, I want to I want to reduce the amount of friction that I have in terms of communicating with people, whether that's internally or externally. Um, and I think we see that today. You've probably got a couple different apps that are open. One might be solving your video conference need. One might be handling your team messaging need on those things. And there's friction that actually happens to kind of bounce back and forth. And so something that we have seen very prevalent uh, with our buyers has been, hey, I want to actually buy one solution that can do all of those things cleanly. I always think there's like an argument of best in breed, right? And so you're definitely going to see some businesses that make a choice to say like, I'm going to build, I'm going to buy one video platform and I'm buy one messaging platform. And I hope they like tightly integrate. And there's always going to be a little bit of friction that shows up there. And then I think there's going to be a whole shift of these businesses and a massive opportunity around hey, I want like the basics of those features and I want them to seamlessly come from one provider and just work. And and ultimately the trade-off is you might throw off a couple features, but you pick up simplicity and something that's completely integrated and, and, and native, and that's going to provide a better user experience. 
Um, so I do think like the trend we have seen from buyers is this idea of, hey, we want something that's an all-in-one provider. And I also think there are good arguments as to why somebody may say, hey, best in breed. Our own challenges internally, we use a lot of tools. I'm, I, I'm sure much like many of the listeners and, and yourselves included, there's never ending amount of tools out there that can solve different problems. Getting them to play nicely together has been really challenging and difficult, no matter how much somebody says it will work. Um, so we really try to simplify our approach, both in how we support our users, how we go out and win new prospects in terms of sales, and how do we just reduce the complexity of our tech stack. Yeah, and I think that that makes a lot of sense, and we subscribe to a lot of that same philosophy. And you know, if I'm hearing from you, is like that simplicity translates to your frontline reps. That's when they're having these tough issues, you know, support is more demanding than ever these days. And if they're sitting there trying to juggle and wrestle with uh, products and tech stacks and logins, like that's just one thing distracting from, you know, your company's mission. So yeah, we'd love to hear on the customer side, you know, one thing that definitely annoys me to no end is when I do have to go about like repeating myself over and over again across multiple reps. I won't name any companies, but if you're asking me like, what's that worst support experience? That is always uh, a factor. And like, you know, do you think that this holistic view of communication can kind of be the key to solving that and kind of like, yeah, eliminating some of those frustrations, the frustration of that passing and stuff? Yeah, absolutely. And I I think this gets into, you know, we kind of classify it as omni-channel, which is, you know, regardless of the medium that somebody has used to reach out to you as a brand, you want that agent, you know, the, the person that's supporting that customer to have a holistic view of everything that has transpired, right? Not just with the that individual person, but also you think of the company, meaning, hey, just because I'm talking to Claire today, you know, her counterpart might have reached in two days ago about a, a, an issue. And so I really do think, you know, this omni-channel experience becomes intrinsically important for businesses, which is... I want to be in one platform servicing a customer and I need to be able to pull in information from all of these different places. My ticketing platform from, you know, whether it's with Intercom on on how they've started on messaging to the CRM, to the email that has come in to perhaps the the voice call, right, that's popped in. Uh, And so I think it truly is this a little bit of like this race today. And it's imperfect today on people that that offer omni-channel kind of versions of this. But I do think that is where people are trying to get to is how do we do this omni-channel experience in a really, really thoughtful way? Uh, And also just how do we play better offense, right? Which meaning I always kind of think of the world like this perfect world of, hey, if somebody's reaching out to you, well, that means that you're now on the defense, like you're now reactionary to the issue, right? And playing defense. And so when we try to build features and invest in the future, we're trying to figure out how do we arm our customer success teams to play better offense, which is how do we start to be more proactive? How do we identify issues that might be popping up ahead of time? Because we know when somebody calls in, it's likely because something has gone wrong, right? And so they're likely going to be a little bit more frustrated at that moment in time. Yeah, that proactive support as the first step, I think, can be the easiest to ignore in an industry when you're often fighting fires in front of you. But like you said, that customer's already upset and really should be the focus more and more for support and success teams. Uh, that's super smart. To close that piece out, like I would love to hear, is there any advice that you would give to a support leader that's looking to start to leverage Omnichannel or looking to leverage an on-demand video conference audio calls tools? 
Yeah, so I think advice on this stuff really comes into paying attention to integrations. As I said, I think understanding and being able to, to have this complete view of the customer. So as you pick a provider, making sure that it integrates with your other pieces of the tech stack and you really take a step back to say, as I said, I can, I can speak for us, like internally, you know, we use Intercom for messaging, right? And so that, that, that natively integrates with Dialpads. When somebody calls in, we get a whole view of what that experience looks like. We're on Salesforce for our CRM. Uh, we natively integrate with both Salesforce and Zendesk on those CRM support sides. And so I think like really paying attention to thinking through, you know, what is the experience that I want both the agent to have internally, right? And I'll classify agent as, you know, whether you're in account management or customer success mm-hmm. or a traditional support role. And then also thinking about what is the experience that you want the customer to have? Um, and I think at times in a business, you tend to you tend to think about your own internal experience. What is the employee going to have? And less about kind of what is that customer experience actually going to look and feel like? Uh, and so I think it's really, really important for people to pay attention to the tech stack, really actually use the integrations. You know, when you have things tied up, actually act like a customer and actually go through the experience and see what actually break, you know, whether anything breaks or not on those pieces. And then when it gets into kind of like the AI technologies, because I do think, there's a lot of marketing around AI these days. I try to stay away from, from AI a little bit as like a buzzword. Uh, what I think is important, though, is I think AI can solve some very meaningful, practical problems. I think it's important for people to be focused on when they invest in AI on problems that are frequent and simple, um, because I think that's where the technology is today and its evolution. So you got to make sure that you got a problem that's going to show up a lot. It's pretty easy to solve. AI is going to do wonderfully in solving that. And then don't get too blown out into the vision of, of the science fiction piece and the minority port and all of the stuff that will that will come in the future. I uh, love that reference, by the way. <laughs> and uh, it's like, yeah, are we living in the matrix? And you're, you are, you're right that that is still far from the truth. Uh, like, you know, while, while you took us there, how do you kind of see AI integrating like the customer facing side? You mentioned just focusing on simple problems, but any other thoughts there? Yeah. So I think when I, when I talk about problems, like simple problems, like these are problems that we do, you know, that like people invest a ton in trying to solve today. So uh, let's talk about categorization of tickets that come in, right? So you're running a contact center or support organization and you're like, Hey, I want to know, you know, what are the most frequent feature requests that come up or, um, you know, what are the most frequent bugs? So just being able to categorize tickets and using AI to be able to do that uh, is a pretty profound, big problem, uh, big opportunity for businesses. And then you also get into other things like being able to understand sentiment and being able to get into predictive churn, right? Which I think is intrinsically important, which is, you know, how often has this person been calling in? Are they getting incredibly frustrated, right? Is that frustration building over time? And then you get into to understanding kind of the agent experience. And I think there are immense opportunities. Some of the things we do today are we do kind of recommended, much like a chat bot and what you guys can do. We do it same for an agent, which is, hey, here's a recommended answer to a question. So somebody calls in, this conversation has escalated from kind of a chat to now a voice call. And in that voice call, we can actually guide the agent through it to say, oh, they're asking about a refund or they're asking about this new feature or they're mentioning this competitor. Here's the best suggested response to it. And so those are all practical opportunities that are live today on Dialpad and out there today with the technologies. And then when I think of the future of 
hey, could you have this automated agent, you know, that can, that can sound like a person. It's nice to dream about that stuff. That is a lot harder to go and build than I think people talk about and highlight today. We'll get there probably in our lifetime of having, you know, some guardrails and be able to make it seem like there's this smart thing on the other end. But I don't see that actually showing up in meaningful ways in the next couple of years. I think the technology is still early in its evolution and, and those are some really, really challenging problems to go and solve. And I, I, I really like hearing you call out the benefits and the use case. In my conversation often with folks that are newer to software in customer support, I think like it can seem really scary or it can seem like, oh, this is this really complex thing or just kind of demystifying that it's like no like here's the job that this can serve and yeah you know on our side we it's like there's a lot of tickets and topic you know requests that come in that isn't the best use of your team's time and like you said if that can be like tackled through yeah. automation yeah you think like a, you think of qa okay. scorecarding right for a lot of businesses and uh you know traditional ways as you literally i remember when i was managing sales teams and, and support teams too as you kind of spot check calls. And so now you have, you know, systems and tools that can help provide recordings and analyze those recordings, give you a transcript output and identify the key moments and events, you know, all of those things. And that just reduces the need to have people there doing kind of these, I hate to say mundane tasks, because I think coaching is a lot more, there's a lot more to it, but it, I right. think it can add value and efficiency which is the important thing to focus on. Yeah, freeing up that, you know, that that manager and that example to focus on like, yeah, what's the real opportunity here? How yeah. can I offer guidance? And it's uh, as humans, and I think if the last year taught us anything, as humans, like we're never going to be at a place where we're just happy to have a script output tell us, hey, you know, do this next time. You know, I think uh, we're look, looking yeah, for Yeah, I think, yeah, you bring up a good point. I think it's important to have opinions anytime, anytime I'm on a podcast. I always, I always think it's important to have opinions. Yeah, I, I'm a big believer that supporting customers in sales is, is part science and part art. And I think at times startups out there can make it seem like it's all science, which makes it seem like, hey, if you just follow these steps, somebody is going to churn less. And if you ask three more questions, you're more likely to win the deal. And I think directionally that stuff is can be interesting. I don't fully believe it. And I think there's a little bit more art and empathy and things that happen in a conversation and relationships that um, can't to be just quantified in, the, in those manners. So I think there are opportunities to learn directionally from that stuff, but I always caution people to be like, hey, I don't know if you ask three more questions, whether you close the deal or you make the person less upset. Like, I, I think there's a little bit more nuance to that today. And I always give the analogy of, of baseball, no offense if nobody played, you know, if anybody listening has never played baseball, but <laughs> everyone swings a bat differently. So you have to understand that, that, that people can be very, very successful and swing it back differently. So trying to get everybody to swing the same way is not only really, really difficult. I actually don't know if it actually would improve right the success rate of things. And so just understanding that there are nuances to everything we do and nuances to every engagement and nuances to every customer, trying to just dummy it down into science, I think, um, can be a little bit of like a cautionary tale and, and a little bit more complex. Just before we continue with today's episode, I wanted to let you know about Offscript. It's a new series of candid conversations with intercom leadership all about the extraordinary AI-driven transformation we're currently experiencing. Episode 1 is on our YouTube channel right now. Here's a teaser of what you can expect. 
I don't want to come across as overly dramatic, but for every single tech company, this is an adapt or die moment. It's inevitable that all businesses are going to go AI first. It's just a matter of time. In this post-AI world, new companies will rise, old companies will fall. Of course, some of these new companies will flame out. Some old companies will pivot successfully too. I don't think any of us could see a world where this wasn't going to be one of the biggest changes in the customer service landscape ever. The world we care about is customer service, and it's so patently obvious that the old way will be quickly obsolete. We're racing hard to build a future which will result in better experiences and results for customers and businesses too. It's not just a product change, it's a mindset change. Let's make space to talk about all of this. We have so much we want to share. We want to explore these ideas in the open. We want to provoke new ones in you. We want to learn from your reaction. You just click the kind of like big stupid go button, right, and see what happens. Welcome to Offscript. That's all to come on Offscript. The first episode is out now. You can watch it on Intercom's YouTube channel and we'll bring you audio versions of the episodes right here. Now, back to today's episode. Shifting gears, I wanted to kind of touch on this theme that we've been talking about a lot at Intercom over the past uh, many years now is this idea as a uh, customer support as a profit center. And, you know, often it gets thrown around. It's like customer support just considered a cost center. It's like throw that in the cost of goods sold. Yeah. But, you know, we know uh, we, we've really seen firsthand the impact of having a really great support experience that can you know impact seats, customer satisfaction, reduce churn, all of those good metrics. And so in your experience, like how should companies go about making that shift, making that mindset shift as this is just one more line item on the bill and instead really seeing it as a profit center, build like that kind of revenue driven type strategy and culture? Yeah, what I think becomes very, very evident for businesses as they scale is that the fastest way to grow your revenue is to figure out how to reduce churn and cross sales and upsells of your existing install base. Because if you're a successful business, in all likelihood, your installed customer base is much larger than kind of the new logo bookings that are coming in. So we talk about this a lot at Dialpad. You know, based on my background, I think a lot of people kind of tease me as like, it's Dan the sales, as the sales guy. And I naturally kind of, when I talk about sales, it truly is, I think of it as you have customer experience, which is everything from support to customer success, to professional services, to sales engineering and all of those teams actually control much more revenue than our field sales organization does, which is out there, you know, cold calling and, and working inbound leads and trying to get new logos in the door. And so, you know, we run our customer experience organization much like a sales organization, which is they are responsible for renewals. They are responsible for cross-sells and upsells and identifying those opportunities. And I'm a big believer that, if people aren't happy with the support and service that they get, they're not going to buy more from you. Like none of this is, fortunately, none of our jobs are rocket. Like we're, we're, we, they're not rocket science. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm a big believer of like incentivize people to focus on the revenue piece, because if they focus on the revenue piece in order to get the upsells and renewals to happen, they have to be providing good support because if they're not providing good support, the person is not going to renew or buy more from you. But again, we talk about that as the fastest way that we can grow this business is not just driving net new logos. Our install base is so massive that if we can just reduce churn slightly, if we can drive net dollar retention, if we can drive cross-sells and upsells, that's going to have a much more profound impact in terms of continuing to accelerate our growth trajectory. 
And what I like about that answer is that it ties back to, uh, I feel like it ties back to the question I asked you around <laughs> the bigger kind of company shift. But looking inward, and I'm thinking to my many years in the customer support space, has there been anything that you've done to build a culture or kind of creating the ownership from your customer support team to embrace that? You know, I know that at times customer support can sometimes feel like, well, that's that's for the other side of the house to tackle. And I'm just here to answer questions. And so I love that piece of really, you know, instilling the ownership. But how have you created that? Yeah, I think a, a, a big thing is getting the leaders in the rooms and making sure just early on, again, like the, the beauty of a lot of this stuff is like, it's not rocket science. And I think the keys to success are like divining key goals, uh, communicating expectations, driving alignment, right? On all those things. And I often remind people, hey, we've all self-opted into the same workplace. So we all have, nobody is forcing us to all show up here. So we all have, have opted in to show up together. So that means we have to understand that we all want the best outcome and to be successful. So we got to figure out how to actually work together and kind of leave the egos and leave empire building right at the door because it's not going to be productive. Uh, so I'm a big believer of like, you got to get people in the room, one that align with like that value and vision and understand that. And then two talks about expectation. You know, we had a conversation actually yesterday with our, our customer experience team and our, and our field team, leadership team actually talking about this, which was, hey, where do we want to get these two teams long term? And it was, hey, we want long term, we want to get our sales organization purely focused on net new logos. And that means that when a customer comes in the door, they've got to figure out how to get them on as many products as you can, right? Because once the deal's closed, it's then going to be managed, right, and overseen and grown by the customer experience team. And then that customer experience team has to feel that they have all of the bandwidth and skills necessary to be successful on renewals, cross-sells, upsells. Because what you don't want to do is, is, is say, hey, this lives in one place, but they don't have the skills or the focus yet to do it. And so then that, that revenue is kind of not grown or mis I hate to say mismanaged is not the right word, but just it just doesn't have the focus. And so I think those are important types of conversations. It's just one, you know, as I said, and it's rocket science of, hey, make sure there's alignment, talk about the expectations, be realistic and honest about where are the skill gaps and the needs of the teams, what do we think we can manage? And then maintaining that there's flexibility to say like, hey, the roles and responsibilities and scopes of these teams is likely going to change. And that's simply because as you scale, things are going to change, right? And they're going to need different demands and needs. That's super helpful advice, selfishly for myself and I would, and for our listener, our listeners as well. So one last question, and then uh, we'll move to close here. Uh, you know, thinking back on the last year, what are some of the biggest customer support trends that you've seen that have really kind of surfaced throughout the pandemic of COVID? And which of those do you think will really continue into the future? Yeah, so I think like some of the some of the biggest trends have obviously been like the rise of messaging. I think to no surprise, having brands being able to pin you quickly and easily. Again, I think we found our our daily lives and interactions completely disrupted. So being able to ping somebody, whether it's as I said on a website through SMS, just wherever you can do. Like we all have these devices tied to the internet, and I think that's just one of the biggest trends. Is you've got to really think omni-channel approach to support. I also think people expect pretty much 24-7 support at this point in time, which is, hey, if they have a need and something's awry, they don't want to get the note that says like, hey, in 12 hours when we wake up, we'll get back to you. So I think that's a very realistic trend that you can see a lot more supports. And 
Fortunately, again, with hybrid flexibility and technology, I think you've seen a lot of businesses start to adopt on those things, especially leveraging different channels that make it, make it easier. Obviously, the investments in, in AI and automation to handle, as I said, some of the most frequent and simple problems that pop up. So I think that's been, uh, to no surprise, uh, a trend. And then I think just tools that provide flexibility for people that are hand that I think have the hardest job in the world, which is you know supporting customers, being able to have tools that allow them to work anywhere they want, right, on any device, and have a seamless and consistent experience. And so I think again, I think you know, the contact center opportunity, we've seen obviously some pretty big news over the past couple of weeks, uh, really highlights the investment in this opportunity around customers and providing better support. That's a really great thread to really tie it all together of, you know, the ease for our team and customers. And again, then, you know, the business impact there. So wrapping up here, you know, what's, what's next? Do you have any big plans or projects for 2021 for you or for the team at Dialpad? Yeah, so we just we just closed uh, another fantastic quarter. We had our our, uh, our best quarter in company history just a couple of days ago, so that was awesome to celebrate with the team. We've been fortunate in, in terms of kind of solving a big problem for for a lot of businesses through kind of the pandemic and over the past year and a half. You know, and we've got some interesting things that we'll be announcing. We'll be at Enterprise Connect, which is a big contact center customer support conference here in a couple months, but we're working on some things like predictive churn and predictive CSAT, which I think are really, really interesting. We're working on some things on the sales front around purchase intent. And again, how do we start to unpack and understand what's happening within this voice data to help people play? I call it like help people play better offense, but it's really about how do we get them to actually find the needle in the haystack and better focus their time and energy, whether that's on somebody that's expressing more intent and is more likely buyer or somebody that is expressing more frustration and might be somebody that's heading towards churn and how do we actually get ahead of that? But we've got, I think, a really, really interesting, fun year ahead of us. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. Well, uh, definitely congrats and know that us here at Intercom, we are, we are rooting for you from the sidelines for sure. And lastly, where can our listeners go to keep up with you and your work? Yes, you can find me on LinkedIn. Our comms team is yelling at me because I'm not yet on Twitter. And so I will be on Twitter. I will be on Twitter shortly. Well, hopefully with something profound to share. I don't post often, but when I do, I try to at least be thoughtful and useful. And I promise opinions because as I say, if you're going to follow somebody, uh, whether you're right or wrong, I think it makes for a more entertaining, fun follow than somebody that kind of pushes the company lines or the industry lines and never really says anything terribly profound or, or controversial. <laughs> No, uh, I definitely agree. It's like, it's helpful to see it. And then like you said, it plants a seed in folks. Yeah, yeah. Know, as I said, you know, I, th- I think Elon Musk does a good job of that. With, you know, <laughs> for, for, for right or not, like, I think it's a good follow because I think he kind of pushes the conversations. And so that's why I say is um, I, I really like people like that, that have kind of uh, opinions and are pretty open about how they feel about their brand and opportunities. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Dan, to yourself, to Dialpad. Uh, and wishing you all the best. Thanks, I appreciate it. Thanks for the time today. If you enjoyed our chat with Dan, make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes by following us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to me now. This is Inside Intercom.